Welcome to Things of Gold, Snarky Puppy Podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. My name is Ryan Storm. And I'm Megan Glyona. We are so excited because this is our inaugural episode of our new podcast. So exciting, Ryan. And we're going to be chronicling the evolution of live Snarky Puppy from 2015 to the present. Our first season that we are kicking off right now is going to consist of 12 episodes, each highlighting a different live recording. The commentary is going to focus on how their sound has evolved with different band lineups, soloists, and song rotations. Yeah, we're going to have episodes coming out bi-weekly on Thursdays, and we're going to announce the show that we're going to be talking about a week before the release date. And all of them are available to listen on nugs.net and also on livesnarky.com. Follow us on social medias at thingsofgoldpod uh, to stay updated on show announcements and any other cool things uh, that are happening. To go with each full show as well, we have also selected a bonus track to help better paint the picture of the time period. These tracks are available on nugs.net as part of the Things of Gold bonus tracks compilation album um, and are also available you know, for purchase as part of their full shows on Live Snarky. It's been so fun to dive into this stuff, and we want to encourage listeners of every level, like people who are really into Snarky Puppy and people who are just starting to learn about them, to come along on this journey with us. I am relatively new to the group, so every time that I'm listening to a show for this next episode, it's the first time I'm listening to it. So I'm learning a lot, and I think it's going to be really fun if people are kind of learning with me. Uh, yeah, and since since I discovered Snarky Puppy a few years ago, I have done an incredibly deep and obsessive rabbit hole dive <laughs> on them. Um, Shocker. To the, yes, <laughs> to the point where um, a lot of these shows and songs uh, I've memorized note for note. Uh, Megan and I both come from a fishy jam band background, uh, so we are very used to analyzing live shows and, you know, with lots of detail. We both, uh, you know, I, I've got... Uh, we moved through stormy weather and always almost there talking about fish and goose and Megan is co-host on the illustrious HF pod. Ooh, illustrious. I like that. Yeah. The helping friendly podcast is a big fish podcast. So if you like fish, maybe you know about it. And if you don't check it out. Awesome. All right. So without further ado, we are going to dive into our very first episode the show that we are going to be talking about today, uh, one of the earliest recordings available uh, for purchase. It is September 15th, 2015 from the Southland Ballroom in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the late show. There are two, the, the band played two sets that night. There's an early show and a late show. We are going to be talking about the late set. Ryan, how do you, can you say, can you say the name of the town again? How do you say it? Raleigh? Sounds like a real Kent. Raleigh. <laughs> Raleigh. It's Raleigh. Okay. Well, it's Raleigh. It's like a very Canada. Yeah, I like it. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I just had to make fun of you a little bit there. That's a, very much allowed. <laughs> <laughs> so the band hasn't played at the Southland Ballroom since this show, uh, but they had done um, a night with an early and a late show the year before in fall of 2014. Um, there is some YouTube footage available from that show. I highly recommend checking that one out. Very crazy lineup uh that show they've got two guitars uh sean martin and Corey henry on the same show which is not something that happens very often so it's a good one the band at this time also we are um 18 months uh since they released we like it here which was their their most recent um effort without any special guests less than six months after they released silva uh which is their album with the metropole orchestra uh filmed in, in denmark i believe um in 
2014, but they released that at the beginning of 2015, and they would go on to win a, their second Grammy for that album. And they are just a few months away from releasing Family Dinner Volume 2, um, which is another guest-filled album that they recorded at the beginning of 2015. And they are just a few months away from recording Culture Vulture, which is their first true studio effort in a very long time. They had done a series of you know, the live in-studio records that had kind of become their thing. So we are, we are right on the cusp um, of this kind of new era of the band as they go into Culture Vulture, um, go through you know, some more lineup changes and kind of tighten up the sound a little bit. So They are so prolific. Like yes. that's one thing that I've been learning. They just, they write a lot of music. And yeah. release a lot of music. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and and between that, you know, they're touring a ton. Like it's 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 unfortunate uh, that they didn't start recording shows until you know this fall 2015 tour. Um, but we get a really uh, good look at you know kind of the tail end of the really experimental period here. We'll hear band leader and bassist Michael Lee. He's going to talk about in some of his like little spiel's in between songs um, over some of the shows we're going to look at uh, in this fall of 2015, talking about how you know. They know they're about to go into the studio and record all this new material that's going to be a part of their live rotation going into 2016. And so they're kind of giving last hurrahs to a lot of these older songs uh, and kind of taking them in different directions, um, which we're going to hear a lot of, you know, especially as we dive into shows from the European leg uh, in October and November. But we are not there yet. Uh, we are going to talk about September 15th, 2015. Before we dive into the songs themselves, just a quick little lineup overview for everybody uh, who is curious. Um, of course, all of this information, the lineup, and a little bit of uh, show note action, uh, courtesy of Michael, are, are available on uh, nugs.net. You can see them in the, in the show notes. Uh, but our lineup tonight, we've got Jason J.T. Thomas on the drums, Nate Worth on percussion, Sean Martin on organ and key other keyboards, Justin Stanton on Rhodes keyboards trumpet jay jennings trumpet and flugelhorn mike mazmaher on the trumpet and flugelhorn chris bullock on the tenor sax and flute bob lanzetti on guitar and of course michael lee on bass uh ryan what's a flugelhorn talk to flugelhorn me about that. like a it's like a more muted trumpet kind of thing like a mellower sound um i'm, I'm not a i'm not a horn expert <laughs> but it's a horn <laughs> yes yeah. it's, a, it's a horn it's, it's a very trumpet like horn it's just like a a softer sound. I think we hear mm, that that's cool. um, in a couple of tunes. Yes. Well, one thing that I really like about this lineup, um, you know, we have Sean on the organ, um, generally not a, something that we see a ton with Snarky Puppy because Sean, you know, especially in recent years has been uh, spending a lot of time on tour with Bobby Sparks, who has the organ in his rig. We are going to get to our first Bobby show much later in the series. Um, but Sean being here, you know, he mentions in this show, which we'll get to that, this is just a recently purchased Hammond B3 uh, that Michael bought uh, for touring with the band. So it's great to hear um, Sean on here. You know, a lot of very aggressive playing in this show. Tempos are up. Mm. Um, you know, JT's kind of drumming sound is very much like a, a runaway freight train at times. Um, and it's just, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that that really stood out to me. I think the percussion in general, is what I liked most about the show. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about that more as we go on. Yes. That's really what stood out to me, for sure. Yes. Well, well. speaking of percussion, you know, we kind of get a little bit of a percussion intro uh, to our first song, which is Straw Man off of the album Bring Us the Bright. 
Um, th- this song works so well as an opener for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. It's, it's kind of fallen out of rotation uh, in the last few years, which makes sense. You know, they've had so much new material, um, but I, I wish uh, this song would come back a little bit. I think it's a really phenomenal way to open the show, kind of eases in and then gets into this really, you know, aggressive groove um, with, you know, and then also a very expansive solo section, which Justin takes on Rhodes. Uh, it's his birthday in this show, too. Uh, oh, yeah. So they talk about that later, right? Happy, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> they, we do get that later. But I, I love I love his solo on this straw man. Uh, very, very jazzy, as he tends to do. Um, and, you know, I'm really going to talk about this when we talk about the, the white cap a little bit later. But he's got this slight bit of distortion going on the roads throughout this show. And the, the tone is just so perfect to me. I love the way it sounds. to start. I don't know if it's bongos or you have said maybe it's like, yeah, congas maybe, some sort of thing that ends with guz. But um, <laughs> it's really driving and it's just really kind of like hooks you right away. And then the bass comes in and the horns just come in sounding like trains. I mean, there's just a lot of energy behind it. And then it gets really quiet. And like you said, jazzy and soft during that solo, the chimes kind of come in. And the thing that popped out to me is just this band right away, it sounds really textural. Like the sound is super full and layered. And then you've got this like juicy funk breakdown at the end. So, so, so good. And I just think when they, they're kind of like trading on the outro Mm -hmm. and like when the guitar comes in and like solos over, it's just like so satisfying. It just is really great. Yeah, we get uh, we get some trading between uh, Lanzetti on guitar and, and, and the horns. Um, which is cool. They each take a turn. Yeah, th- this song is this song is amazing. Um, as as um, I, I recommended Megan do before we dove into the show. Uh, if you are someone who is more new to Snarky Puppy, I would highly recommend listening to the studio uh, cuts of every song before you dive into the live. Because as with most bands, they sound different live. Uh, you know, yeah, more extended. Um, so it's good to have the point of reference to know what's different about them. Yeah, I just made like a little playlist on Apple of like all the songs in order, the studio versions, and that mm-hmm. worked really well. And so I listened to that and then listened to the live show. And yeah, this percussion in the song is just relentless. It always sounds like ahead of the beat in the best way. It's really authoritative, really strong. That's what stood out to me right away when I listened to the song. I really like the song. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, next up, we're going to go right into, I think, your highlight of the show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, probably mine as well. But, you know, th- this is where we're really seeing that more improvisational side of what they're doing uh, at this time. And we get the the big the big boy itself, Binky, um, you know, Michael 
just taking his time on the intro here. I love when he really like milks that deep octave synthy bass tone uh, yeah. for what he's doing. Um, it, yeah. And, and the intro just, it, it, it grooves so hard. We'll, we'll hear as we go on like kind of different paces on the intro and in different other shows, but it's really good. And it sounds, th- this one especially sounds great with the organ. Um, you know, there are going to be a lot of shows that we get to, I, I keep, you know, kind of spoiling the future, but there are going to be a lot of shows <laughs> where, where the organ isn't as prevalent, um, especially on, on songs like this. And so it's really cool to hear it. Um, you know, Sean doing um, kind of one of his signature uh, moves uh, with the band, which is organ with one hand and Moog bass with the other hand, which really gives it like a, a, a deep, deep sound. And it's amazing. It's so cool. Yeah, I love the beginning. It's like they kind of creep into it and it just has this like, I don't know, really like ominous feeling. And then there's this like tribal percussion, which is just really just opposed to the funky bass line. And you've got these jazzy horns. You know, that's one thing that this band seems to do like really well. They're able to pull from like so many different types of music and make it work together, which I think is you know, it's the one reason why like we love fish. Right. And right. I think that like when you see a band that can, that can play with different influences in a way that's like, and make it their own, it's, it's pretty fantastic. And I was listening to the song and finding myself making that like stank face, you know, that face you make when something's oh, yeah. just really funky and like really good. It's going to happen and, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, yes. So I, I, this, this song is so good. And then it gets like really quiet and the horn does that just absolutely beautiful solo so mm. pretty yeah we've got we've got uh bullock uh ripping up the first solo uh on affected uh saxophone which is a really cool sound very like very vicious uh mm. sounding you know he 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 does a lot of like he's really good when when he puts on a lot of distortion and crazy effects just making it like a big like kind of wall of texture um yeah. because when you have that kind of distortion on you know the notes become less articulate um, so he can't, you know, be as, as kind of jazzy, I guess, as he would be on a clean sound. Um, so I, I really like, you know, the way it goes here and the, sh- the first solo section of Binky is much shorter than the second one. And, you know, Maz kind of really just opens up, as you said, he really opens up that middle section, the more mellow, um, the more mellow solo. And it, this is, uh, him on flugelhorn, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It kind of starts to build after that. And the drumming sounds like almost electronic. I don't know. It just has a really, really strong beat to it. Super mm-hmm. fast. And then it turns again and it's really, really sultry. You know, is the keyboard player like, is he on the, the thing with the mouth? Like what, how is he making that sound? It's just like, it's so like sexy. I don't yeah, know what so- it is. It's really <laughs> good. So there, there's actually, what's interesting is, you know, Sean's big signature thing with Snarky Puppy is the talk box. Um, and he doesn't use it at all in this show, um, which is interesting. He does oh, use really? it in, a, in our, in our bonus track that, w- that we'll get to, but there is no talk box, um, in th- this, this late Raleigh set, which is really interesting to me. Um, but that, that, that kind of, you've got the, that, that like kind of gentle flute sounding patch, which is something that he's doing, uh, on a keyboard. You've got Justin also on some nice synths in this part, but I love mm. this middle section where they just build and build and build like through, you know, with this euphoric theme, um, yeah. this part of it's... Binky. And I love like, there are some versions where, you know, they'll kind of 
you know, play it and then get to the peak and then move on to the, you know, ending mm-hmm. groove. But this one, they really like, they take their time and it's amazing. Yeah. I felt like it was, made me feel like that moment when you're like drifting off to sleep and you're not asleep, but you're not really awake yet. And your dreams kind of feel like real life. You're not sure what's real or not. It's this really kind of trancey, dreamy space. And I just felt like at that moment that this song is really epic. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's kind of like a movie, you know, it has that kind of like soundtrack feeling where you could really kind of get lost in it. Um, and that swell is really great, builds back up to that peak and then just quickly comes right back down again. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really fun, really satisfying. Yeah, I, I love these snarky puppy songs that have like multiple solo sections built in. And so it's like it's it's that movie feel. It's like that it's a big movement. You know, you've got the yeah. first solo and then it changes moods completely. And then you've got the second solo and then you've changes again. And then you've got this outro groove. And I mean, even when, you know, they build up to this big peak and then it dies down instead of going right into the outro groove, they like get into it a little bit longer, like Michael and Justin do a little bit of. Uh, trading on base and roads before you know they get into the outro. One of the one of the funkiest uh, grooves built into a snarky puppy song, uh, I think. This is another place where we see Sean doing that Moog bass and organ thing. Uh, he's got some, you know, like the fill that he does on the on the Moog, which is just so good. But I I love love this outro, and we've got Sean throwing in you know some outcast as Fuck he yes. tends to do. I, I, you know, that is just, yes. Anytime you want to sing some outcast over anything, I'm on board for that. I mean, this ability of the band throughout this outro and a little before, they have an ability to balance like artificial sounds with like a really earthy or grounded sound sounds. And I think that that comes from like that deep percussion, but then also being able to use instruments in a way that kind of complements that, but it works. It's really good. And I think that having that Sean, who is someone who is so kind of soulful, mm-hmm. just adds like a depth to the band that I think is, you can't, you can't fake that, you know, you either have right. it or you don't. And like, right. he's got it. And having him like, you know, joke with the audience and say, you know, oh, we're in the South. You just know like Catholic hymns and gospel songs, you know, do y'all know rap and kind of <laughs> playful. It just sounds so fun. I'm like, I want to be in that room. Like that sounds so fun. You know, yeah. it's, awesome. it, it's, it's cool. Cause you know, the Binky outro, even when Sean isn't on the gig, they'll they'll frequently go into uh, songs like P Funk or you know something so like that. Good. So you know we'll hear in some future episodes, maybe even the next episode. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's it's a great outro, and then it just kind of kind of fades into these like bass sax hits um, as Justin gets a little spacey. But then then they pretty cleanly transition into White Cap, uh, which is a, their next song off of Tell Your Friends. Um, I love this song. This one continue really pushes that aggressive vibe uh, that we've been feeling all show. They just like launch into this, and I mentioned before about that slightly distorted Rhodes. Mm-hmm. This breakdown that Justin does in the middle here, just like the Rhodes tone. It's like my favorite thing I've ever heard. Like J- <laughs> Justin is one of my favorite keyboard players um, because of just his incredible feel for every moment, no matter whether he's playing Rhodes or synth or anything like that. Like he knows exactly where to be in the space and what to play. You know, he's not stepping on anybody's toes. He's perfectly complimenting people when they're soloing like whatever. But th- mm-hmm. this breakdown that he does... beforehand like what kind of you know what keyboard or synth he's going to be on for these solos or is that something that he's deciding in the moment so this is you know obviously that we're not listening to every show from this tour um Mm -hmm. but this is this is you know the breakdowns happen in white cap every time um i think they kind of differ like the feel kind of changes now i'm not sure Unfortunately, you know, the, the main drawback between these versus analyzing fish shows is we don't have video um, right. for the majority of the shows we're going to be talking about um, on this. There is some video on YouTube of uh, the encore from this show uh, with the special guest that we will talk about later. But um, we, we can't really see if there's like Michael like nods to Justin and is like, OK, you take the breakdown here or gives Sean the cue like you take the organ you know, right. kind of thingy that he does. Um, so it could be spur of the moment. It could be more planned. The thing with Snarky Puppy is it could be either, you know, maybe they're just mm-hmm. feeling the vibe. Like sometimes uh, I feel like these breakdowns are usually keyboard based. Um, I, I'm going to guess it's just kind of based on the vibe. Um, yeah. You know, it feels like Sean just kind of feels it in, in this second break when he kind of takes it on organ and does some nice little churchy uh, vamping, if you will. Um, you know, kind of, kind of atypical, but I, I really, I, I like the organ break as well. You know, I obviously as a keyboard player and a massive keyboard nerd, I'm a sucker for every single keyboard <laughs> thing that they do. And there's a lot of them. There's a so. lot of them. Yeah. This is definitely, I get why this is your jam for sure. No, yeah. I, this song's really cool. I, it has almost like an indie rock sounding beginning. It's got these mm. like cool synths. 
and then the horns kick in and then it kind of changes and it's really driving and the song almost feels like one big build. And then there's this, you know, insane keyboard solo and the horns come back in and it just has this, you know, what's really great about them is that when they have one of these solos and then the whole band comes in, it just is like, mm, it's just that tremendous, like big band sound that just, it's really full and amazing. And yeah, I like how they're kind of teasing, uh, teasing Sean Martin to like sing if he encouraged him enough. And, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of fun stuff that they kind of talk to the audience. I like that banter. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and Justin, Justin gets a birthday shot, uh, after this song too. Uh, yeah. you know, you, you can hear them, them bantering about it. Uh, Michael makes a comment about how it's his first shot ever, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. Um, probably. maybe some hyperbole, but, uh, also we'd be remiss if we didn't, uh, give a, a mention to Jay Jennings. Excellent. Uh, trumpet solo uh, towards the end of this song. Um, I'm still one of the main things I'm still working on differentiating um, in snarky puppy shows is hearing the difference between the trumpet players uh, when they're soloing on, you know, with, with no effects on, like I can always tell yeah. when it's Moz if he's got the wah pedal or something, but um, him, Jay and Justin, um, I still struggle with uh, differentiating between the three of them on clean trumpet. So I'll get there. <laughs> That seems fair. It's that's why watching videos is so amazing. I mean, right. you sent me a bunch, and and I have to say, seeing this band and watching how they communicate on stage live is is pretty special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Also, because you know, for anyone who may be newer to them, um, when when it's coming up to a solo in the song, you know, pretty much like almost all the time, Michael will decide who's soloing like as they're coming up to it in the song. So everybody has to be ready. Because he could just be like, all right, like, Moz, you're taking this one. Or like, okay, Sean, you. And you have to be yeah, ready. Yeah, that's amazing. You've really got to be on your toes. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. I, you know, I, I, I talked to, uh, to the violinist, Zach Brock, uh, a lot about this. Uh, he was on an episode of We Moved Through Stormy Weather last fall, um, which was great. Uh, and, he, you know, he kind of talked about kind of the thought process uh, and approaching improvisation. So check that episode out um, to hear more from there but next up we've got uh our podcast namesake uh thing of gold uh another one of my favorite snarky poppy songs yeah i was like phew i like it because that would be awkward <laughs> if you <I> didn't <laughs> that would be awkward <laughs> <laughs> it's that this is another you know that th- this synth uh hook melody whatever you want to call it that's another you know sean thing he's got that very very clean moog sound for the most part it's got a little dirt on it um, in this one, but on the studio track, it's just this pure, clean synthesizer sound. And I, I, I love this riff. Um, we get a little bit of an extended intro again, that experimental vibe that they're feeling at this time. Um, you know, they've described, we like it here as being an indication of like their most experimental period. Um, and the shows from 2013 to 2015 really capture that kind of energy. So they're at the tail end of it here. Um, and also, you know, unfortunately, they tend to be more experimental um, when they're playing in Europe versus in the U.S. Um, oh, really? Why yeah. do you think that is? European crowds are more attentive. <laughs> yeah. Which makes sense. I guess so, I'm just so – I'm so used to, like, fish fans were so attentive. So it's – Right. Yeah. Exactly. I get it. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll, we'll hear some really, really experimental stuff uh, as we go on. But – you know, you get this, you get this extended intro, um, you know, more great roads from Justin, but I really like 
Mazda solo uh, on this thing of gold. You know, I, I tend to really, really like, but I tend to gravitate towards the things of gold uh, with saxophone, specifically Bob Reynolds on the saxophone. Um, my, my favorite thing of gold ever is featured in this podcast series somewhere. And we will talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone, you know, can tell by now, but I'm, I'm very excited about this podcast. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. I'm excited about it too, Ryan. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, for me to like learn about a band like this, it's, it's pretty fun. You know, you don't often have like listening exercises when you're listening to new music. You know, I do a lot of them for HF pod, but they're all they're all fish based. It's all fish, so this right. is, yeah, yeah. It's kind of nice to be able to like force myself to listen to other music. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like this song. It's so groovy. It has the beginning is just like you're strolling along, you know, it's just kind of like a, a groovy feeling. I love the echoing between the guitar and the horns, you know, like the guitar plays the riff and the horns play it and the guitars play it. There's just this kind of like chill back and forth vibe. Um, this song to me sound more, mostly closely related to some jam band music. Interesting. It's okay. just, yeah, it just has like this kind of, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but um, I think the refrain, that riff that comes in is um, is really, really good and really satisfying when it comes in. It kind of feels like you've been waiting for it. Right. So when it hits, it's kind of like, yeah, like yeah. that's good. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's good. And yeah. this solo is really cool because if you listen close, Moz has got some great interplay with Justin throughout his solo. He even he flips on the wah partway through. Get some get some cool stuff going. You know, Moz is Moz is an expert at wah trumpet. I always envision the wah trumpet kind of like winding its way around the other instruments in the song. Mm, that makes like sense. That, yeah. Like it's kind of yeah, a visualization it for it. Um, and then, you know, Sean has has a little outro thing that he does on this song, usually just like a bit of extra Moog stuff. Um, but this one, you know, he takes a second to, you know, note that, you know, Michael just bought this organ. So he's yeah. going to play some organ after, after, you know, people in the crowd are like, don't stop playing. Like, I know. I love that. The people are like, keep going, keep going. Yeah. That's just so awesome when you have an audience like that's there for that. Yeah. So, you know, for not the first time and not the last time, Sean throws in some church, uh, in this outro, really amazing organ playing. I love the way Sean attacks the organ, um, just in general, um, you know, something we don't get to see enough with them. But leads perfectly into the beginning of What About Me here. Um, this is my favorite um, Snarky Puppy song, I think. Wow, I love the different really? places. Yeah, I, I I love the different places that they take the solo section. I think it's just the song is just so good. And then, the, you know, the vamp at the end and 
you know, kind of the, the shenanigans that they do during the drum solo sometimes, which will pop up in some later episodes. This one is pretty, pretty straightforward uh, as far as these things go. Um, this one is also a pretty good introduction to What About Me's because you have the Bob Lanzetti guitar solo, which is, um, you know, Bob takes it on the studio track as well. Um, you know, very distorted, very aggressive. Um, he just like charges headlong into it. Um, and, you know, JT, you know, sets the pace for him. You know, I, I love also how it's it's not just up to the soloist, how, how the solo section is going to play out. It's mm -hmm. the groove that the drummer sets up initially. So it could be kind of, you know, standard or it could be slower or it could be faster or jazzier, or, you know, what have you. So th th there's so many different places that this song can go. Um, and That's I, really cool. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I think that there's such an awesome rock and roll vibe to this song that mm -hmm. uh, from the guitar and the drums and just and that, and that riff. Oh yeah. And, and it's just a huge showcase for drumming. I mean, so much of this show, the drumming and percussion is what stands out. And this is just another example of that. And it's really fun. It's much different than some of the more jazzier stuff they have. This is kind of more like, I don't know, rock and roll feeling. It's right. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. It, it totally has that feel. And I just, I, I, I kill for that riff. Uh, like, you know, the, the main riff of the song, it's just, it's so incredible. Uh, and you know, JT's, JT's, what about me drum solos, which we'll hear a bunch of throughout this series are just like trashing. Like he just, there, there's one show note where, uh, I, I read it once, um, where Michael's like, yeah, JT, like, it's like a freight trains, the outro solo. And I was like, yeah, that's a perfect descriptor <laughs> for his drumming. And now I use it to describe his drumming almost like like well that's exactly what it's like yeah that's exactly what i was looking mm -hmm. for um yeah. all right so that brings us to the end of the main snarky puppy set um for this show it, it's a relatively short one um yeah. as well good kind of dipping your toes in for the first episode but we're not done talking about the music from this show of course we've got the encore with legendary guitarist eric gales coming up to do a medley of little wing superstition and star spangled banner uh he kind of gives a spiel before uh, they start playing. Yeah. Where he's like, what, first of all, just hearing him talk about playing with Nas and Lauren Hill the night before at the beacon in New York. I mean, Nas and Lauren Hill, like that is awesome. I'm a yeah. huge hip hop fan and Nas is, you know, legendary. So it's just, this guy's amazing. And I love when he's like, you know, talking about how amazing snarky puppy is and that they did a different set, but he's like, what felt i what I did felt really good. So I'm just going to do it again. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Yeah, and you know this is a really, really great medley. I love Little Wing. Um, so I love an extended Little Wing because obviously the Studio Hendrix version is like criminally short because it's an incredible song. Um, but yeah, the, this medley this is. Song. I don't know if that's like sacrilegious to admit, but I did not know this song. Wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Noob. 
<laughs> I don't know a lot of Jimi Hendrix. I'm just going to admit it. You I need, to, need to change that. Hot takes yeah. of the first episode from Megan. I know. <laughs> I'm going to get kicked <laughs> off this podcast for the second episode. Luckily, this isn't a Jimi Hendrix podcast, so you're good. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, this is great. And then, you know, Gales finishes up his thing. And then, you know, Sean takes over once again. Uh, full church hype moment at the end. Um, you know, obviously, as a white Jewish boy, I have no idea what, you know, I have no experience with church, uh, but I, I love the vibe of this and it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh my God. It's so good. I mean, it's so soulful. And you know, this little wing is like delicate, patient. I really love how quiet this huge band can get. I mean, there's a ton of people on stage and they can get really, really quiet and that's powerful mm -hmm. and superstition. I love this song. This is one of my favorite Stevie Wonder songs. It's so good, effortless, and it just builds into this rollicking, like full band jam. It's awesome, it's super fun. Mm -hmm. It's it's great, and it's it's a hell of a way to end the show. Um, yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah, super high energy. Yes, um, and so that brings us to our bonus track uh, for this week's episode. Now, when I pick these bonus tracks, you know, obviously through my um, obsessive. Uh, inhalation, we'll call it, of like every single show <laughs> that I can get my hands on. Um, I've listened to pretty much this whole tour. Um, and so I, I think I have a good indication of um, what, you know, what good bonus tracks would be. If there is a song from this U.S. leg, the September U.S. leg that you've heard that you think um, should be talked about more, let us know on social media. We'd love uh, to hear, you know, what, what your favorite picks are, you know, if you were picking a bonus track here. But I went with uh, the September 19th, 2015 Shofacon into Quartermaster. Um, th this I kind of discovered by accident um, because on, on Nugs, it's tracked weird. Um, so mm -hmm. it looks like there's a 23-minute Shofacon and a six-minute Quartermaster, and the show notes look super intriguing. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll spin this. Turns out it's like a normal length Shofakon that then, you know, goes into a really amazing quartermaster, but the Shofakon is essential context for the beginning of the quartermaster. Yeah. So you can't leave it out. And it's also a really, it's a pretty good version of Shofakon. So how many minutes in does the quartermaster start? So wait, wait, when sure. they, from, from that, from the crowd chant. Yeah. Uh, and then when they get into that, like funk thing, that's, mm -hmm. that's the beginning that's of the quartermaster. quartermaster. Okay, Obviously, yeah. you know, Quartermaster is a song that we're going to see take many, many forms, especially over the first four episodes of this series. I think they're all very, very different. Um, and so I don't think any of them also start in the exactly typical way that the song usually does uh, mm -hmm. from the studio version, uh, which you heard. But, I, you know, this is also one of my favorite uh, Snarky Puppy songs. You know, it's probably the one where improvisation crops up the most consistently, um, which we're going to hear, you know, especially in this one. So. Talking about the Shofakon first, love this song. Always a crowd pleaser. It's a hit. Um, great Justin uh, solo. Amazing. You know, obviously the song is so good and great drum and percussion breakdown, which I'm assuming you love. <laughs> yeah, no, I love this. This, this, I love both of these songs. I love the kind of soundtrack feeling to the intro of Shofakon. It's just really cool. It has like almost like Middle Eastern vibes and the horns are so good. And then about five minutes in, it gets that kind of like frantic energy. It sounds like a big jam. It's it's really fun. And the audience is just going crazy. And there's like this call and response. And 
it just seemed really fun. Like it yeah. seemed awesome. And then going into the quartermaster, like I was dancing my ass off in the kitchen, yes. just like, you know, super into it. And is it Sean that who's, who's saying that's, like, that that's Sean. He, so I he takes, yeah. yes. He, so he takes the, the crowd, you know, at, at, when, when the band walks off for the encore break, the crowd picks up the Shofakan horn line chant again, as they do. And when they come back on for the encore, Sean takes that and starts playing along with it on Moog. And then they just jump into this incredibly funky groove at which point, you know, he starts singing Atomic Dog uh, by P-Funk over top of it. Um, little call and response. Um, and then they very smoothly, you know, obviously at, at Michael's call, they, they modulate into the proper key of Quartermaster and bring in the horns. Um, th this, like, I mean, the horn intro, the, the whole part of this song, I'm just, I'm such a sucker for it. And when it's played at this, like, this, like, gritty half-speed you know, funky way, it's so good. no surprise that's like what i like you know mm -hmm. anybody that knows me knows i like the funk and i like funky stuff i like soul you know this is like really really good and they do it they do it really well it's yeah. really authentic yeah yeah and then uh you know sean absolutely wrecks the solo section uh you know beyond yeah. that we don't get any sort of crazy improv uh in the solo section or the back like in terms of full band but we finally get some talk box action here you know he got does some call and response with the crowd, which is amazing, and then just proceeds to just shred everywhere, you know, <laughs> yeah. talk box, organ, like all of it. Amazing. Like just just a, a hell of a way to, to finish the show, a hell of a way to finish, you know, our listening for this episode. Um, I describe it in my notes as destroying everything in his path. Yeah. I mean, can you talk to me a little bit about how long he's been in the band? Has he been in from the beginning? Not from the or, beginning. He okay. joined the band uh, at the time of Tell Your F the recording of Tell Your Friends, which was, I believe, two thousand and nine. Oh, okay, yeah. Ish. Yeah. So awesome. he, he's been, you know, he he's he's a pretty long time member. Um, you know, he's probably my favorite keyboardist. Um, but it, it's hard to, it's really hard to decide because they also all, you know, they're not like four keyboardists who play the exact same way. You know, they all have different yeah. instruments. They all have so such different styles. So he's my favorite keyboardist when I'm listening to this show um, because or th this specific <laughs> okay, quartermaster because he's right. He's right at the front, but also like, you know, I've been raving about Justin the whole time too. So you can't, you can't decide really. <laughs> I know. So hard no, to play favorites. Incredible. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to, you can just say we like them all. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that is 
you know, that's our that, that's our lineup for this episode. And, you know, we'll be back in two weeks with episode two. Um, you know, at, at the time of the release of episode two will be the day that I see my first live Snarky Puppy show. And whoa, you may be thinking, you haven't seen them live? No, neither of us have seen them live yet. Uh, we are very excited. This is actually the second podcast I've started about a band before I've seen them live. But I've now seen Goose <laughs> 17 times. At the time of this episode's release, I will have seen them 25 times. So don't worry. <laughs> doesn't mean we out. don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> well, I actually don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm I'm learning as I'm going. And I'm mm-hmm. going to see them in April. Yeah, at the Beacon. And I'm so yes. excited about it. Yes, and I will be seeing them at Town Ballroom in Buffalo. And then again at the end of June and when they they play in Toronto. That's a leg up they have on a lot of jam bands. They will they, <laughs> they like playing up here. <laughs> Yeah, and any Fish fans that got into Fish during the hiatus knows that you can be obsessed with a band before you see them live and still know what you're true. talking about, right? Mm-hmm. It's true. So I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. But uh, episode two, uh, we will announce, um, obviously, a week in advance what show we're going to be talking about. It is just a couple weeks after this one, but um, the band has traveled around like two-thirds of the world um, in the process in between these shows. Very different lineup. Very different sound. We are very, very excited. Uh, let us know what you thought of this episode uh, on social media. Let us know what you thought of the show. What shows are your favorites uh, from this time period? Your favorite songs, moments, anything. We'd love to hear from you at Things of Gold Pod. Give us a follow. Uh, and that about does it for this episode. Uh, thank you, Megan. This is, you know, this is great. We've got eleven more of these uh, planned out right now, but I'm very excited. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. This is so fun. It's just a joy to learn about a new band and to do it with you is awesome. So thank you and thanks everybody for listening. Oh yeah. See you next time on Things of Gold. Gold.